Church, today we start a brand new series called From the Seats, Say Seats, to the Streets, Say Streets. And in this series, I mean, before I really get deep into it, we got a, there's a debate going on and we have to, Meadows Church, we're going to settle it this morning. And the debate is this, and you're going to help with this. The debate is, what are the best French fries out there. I mean, people want to know this. I know you've been asking and dying for the answer, so you're going to get it this morning. I've narrowed it down for you. Don't want you to yell out your favorite because I already know your favorites. Your favorites are either McDonald's, the classic French fries, or Chick-fil-A, Christian chicken French fries. Those are, those are probably, I would say, the top two. So we're going to take a vote this morning, and i got to hear from the 11 o'clock crowd too, and then we'll tally them up, and it'll be a big deal. So who says that McDonald's has the best fries. Raise your hand. Okay, wow. Very vocal about, you might like McDonald's a little too much back there. So, but, okay. All right, who says Chick-fil-A waffle fries are the best? Oh my gosh, Jesus is praising his father right now because I think Chick-fil-A actually won the battle of the nine o'clock service. But here's the thing I can tell you, whether it's McDonald's or whether it's Chick-fil-A, here's the reality. And if this has ever happened to you, you know how serious this is. Have you ever gone through a drive-thru at McDonald's or Chick-fil-A, gotten your favorite fries, the straight fries or the waffle fries, taken off from the drive-thru, take your first bite of your favorite fries, and realize there's absolutely no salt on them? Has that happened? And they give you no salt, you have no salt in your car. Oh my gosh, that takes me backward in my walk with Jesus. I want to just, I want to grab those fries and just chuck them out my window. I don't because people might be watching and I'm a pastor. But anyway, I just, I, fr- without salt, neither of those fries are any good. You already know this. Salt does something incredible that makes the fries even better. And I tell you that because it's not just your pastor saying that. Jesus said it one time. When he was preaching to a group of people, one of the first messages we know of that Jesus taught was on a mountain. And I'm preaching today, by the way, out of Matthew 5. So Matthew is one of the Gospels that tells the good news of Jesus. And it's the beginning of the New Testament. Old Testament, that's before Jesus came to earth as a person. New Testament, after Jesus was born as a little baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes. And after, that's New Testament. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all like wrote down stuff they saw Jesus do and hear and stuff they've heard. And so you're getting the gospel, the good news of Jesus from four different angles. So Matthew would would have been in this story. In Matthew 5, he would have heard, he would have saw Jesus go up on this mountain. And it says that Jesus kind of turned around and he was really addressing the 12 disciples, even though the crowd was pressing in and they're hearing it too. The, the disciples were the primary audience. And Jesus starts saying things like, blessed are those who are persecuted for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who are merciful. They will be shown mercy. Blessed are those who mourn. Maybe those who watched a football game on Thursday night. You know what I'm saying? So blessed are those. Okay, maybe it was too early. Blessed are those who mourn. They will be comforted. And and as Jesus gives these, what we would call the Beatitudes, he gets to a place in verse 13, and he starts talking about salt. He said, you're the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Jesus said, can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. 
And then he switches the context to light. And he says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one would, would light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed up on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, Jesus says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. In this moment, the disciples are getting a glimpse already of who Jesus is calling them to be. What he is calling them to do. They are getting a glimpse of the church. Jesus is, is, is showing them and telling them how, how the world is, is bent towards sin. The world is bent towards self. But you, you are to be different. You are to be salt. You are to be light. You are to bring hope to a community that desperately needs it. Hearing that, it's still a little bit confusing that Jesus uses the context. Certainly, like light is a little easier to understand, but salt? Like, why would you talk about salt like we're that? I don't, it's, we know it's good on fries, but talk to us, Jesus. So here's the reality. Salt, there's a lot of good qualities. Back in Jesus' day, what you need to understand is they didn't have, you know, on a Saturday morning, Peter and John didn't go to Best Buy and check out the recent, most recent release of the Frigidaire stainless steel side-by-side -side fridge. They didn't have that. What they had to preserve their food and keep their food good was salt. So salt, and this is key that you understand this, preserves what is good. See, we, Jesus is saying, we are to preserve the good. In a world that is decaying, in a world that is going bad, and you know that, that's nothing new, I'm telling you. In a world that's going bad, we're to preserve the good. And, and you know this, every living thing eventually breaks down. If you're over 35, do I even have to explain it? You know this. I, it was a couple weeks ago, I was yawning. My jaw almost locked up. I was, long, I was yawning, and all of a sudden I got a cramp in my neck. So then I'm like, oh, oh, I'm doing this. And the people with me thought I was maybe choking. I'm like, this is worse than choking. It hurts so bad. But it was, I pulled a, a muscle in my neck yawning. I mean, seriously? Some days I get out of bed and Jake's like, Dad, because I'm walking kind of crooked. He, he's like, Dad, you work out yesterday? I'm like, no, Jake, I just, I just slept wrong. You know, I mean, it's just, you know your middle age when you got your upstairs ibuprofen and your downstairs ibuprofen and your glove compartment ibuprofen. You get it. I mean, who am I preaching to right now? This church is too young. But you'll get it someday. You'll get it someday. We break, the world is falling apart. We talk about it all the time, the things that people are dealing with right now, really. Loneliness, that's a big deal. Brokenness, uh, depression, mental illness, homelessness. The political divide is greater than ever. And Jesus is saying in a world of decay, in a world that is dying, you are to preserve the good. But the only way that you and I will know the good is if we know God and the word of God. Because the word of God is what is good. So, so what, what Jesus is saying is, number one, know the word of God. Cling to that because, because that's really clear. And in a world that will, will, will blur the lines between what is, what is good and what is bad, what tastes good and what tastes bad, what, what, is, what is true and what is false, what is right and what is wrong, the world is going to get more blurry. It is. But you, if you're in the word of God, 10 minutes a day for the rest of your days will change your days. If you're in the word of God, you will know, you'll preserve what is good. So as the world continually goes in a direction that you don't want to go, 
you will preserve the good and then you will be impacting others in a positive way, which actually is the second uh, attribute of salt. Salt not only preserves what what is good, but it enhances to make things better. So salt, and you know the uh, attribute of salt is like when you put it on your food, it, it will naturally bring out the flavors in the food, in those fries, in that steak that you're grilling on, on your grill, that perfect sirloin or ribeye. And you're, you're grilling it to perfection, medium or medium, medium rare. I mean, if you're, if you're doing it well done, just, just salt can't even help you. I mean, you need prayer. But, uh, but, you know, the medium rare, and you put salt and pepper on it, you season it, 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 it enhances the flavor. You and I, if you're a follower of Jesus, by the way, if you're not, I'm glad you're here. If you don't believe in God, thank you for being here. Thank you for being open to what is being said out of his word today. Let's see what he does. But we're to enhance to bring out the best in others. Do you, do you, how do you impact people around you? How do you affect them? Or do you infect them? There's a difference. We're to enhance the lives of others. That that when we come in contact with somebody else like salt, we are to make them better. We are to bring out the best. That's what we are to do. I wrote down, we are to show others their value, their worth, and their importance. That's what we're called to do as salt of the earth. If you uh, are new or maybe you, you couldn't be there two weeks ago, one of the areas we pour into at Meadows is veterans and military. We love that because we live in a, 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 a very populated military community. And we are so blessed because of it. And we want to bless back as much as we can for, for what those men and women do and have done for us. So Victory Apartments is an apartment complex in Omaha. There's retired veterans. Many are disabled physically or, or mentally. And we go there at times throughout the year just to bless them, to be salt in their life. And we got some pictures. This is of two weeks ago. And they'll kind of filter through. And you'll see us serving the veterans, talking. We brought food. You brought food to fill their pantry we packed their pantry full of food but this is what it would look like to be salt and what we're trying to do I love it can we give God praise for filling a pantry for the veteran I mean I do I mean it, it, it isn't it isn't much but it's something that we can do to bless them but here's one of one of the biggest things that warmed my heart about this day at, at Victory Apartments is as I was there and I looked around the room almost every veteran was being talked to by somebody at Meadows. I didn't see anybody really sitting alone or by themselves. I saw the Meadows people going and embracing and loving and, and, and asking questions to remind the, the, the men and women who served our country, if they, in case they forgot their value and their worth, to remind them how much of a difference they made and that they still are making. To be salt that would enhance their lives. Many of them thinking that oh, I, my, my time is done and now I'm just going to wilt away. No, no, no. God's not done with them. God wants, God wants to continually bless them and have them bless others. And we want them to know that. We want to show them their value and their worth. Enhancing brings out the good. See, as a church, we're called to, to we exist for the good of others. That's why we exist. It's not about us. It's about the good of others. We exist for the good of our community, the good of our, our neighbors, the good of our coworkers, the good of our friends, the good of our family, and the good of those who don't know Jesus. That's why we exist. It isn't about you if you're a follower of Jesus. The definition of Christianity, you want to know what it is? It's not about me. 
As soon as you surrender your life to Jesus, well, that means you've surrendered. It's no longer mine, Jesus. You take over. And we mess it up. I mess it up every day trying to take back my stupid will, and I pay the price. And Jesus is like, are you done? I'm like, no, I'm going to be stupid for a little bit longer, Jesus. He's like, all right. We'll just let it go. You know, That's going to hurt, but I do it. And eventually I'll surrender back and give it to him. And he's so much better than me at making things the way they're supposed to be. So church, the seats to the streets, ecclesia is a Greek word. Say ecclesia. Ecclesia. Mm, I like when you speak Greek to me. You know that. Ecclesia. The word literally means called out ones. Called out. Not called into Sunday service to sit and just take up an hour and leave and do nothing. But to be called out to come, certainly gather together and wor- learn and worship and love and encourage and pray. But then to take it and, and take it out. A grain of salt, this is, this is, this will, you'll get this. Let's say that later today, you and I, we can't do it today because today's Sunday and Chick-fil-A is closed. Tomorrow, you and I go to Chick-fil-A together. We go through the drive-thru. We get our waffle fries. We get our Chick-fil-A sauce. We're ready to hammer those fries. We're in our car. We take off. And lo and behold, that nightmare has happened. There's no salt on our fries because the kid that's working, he somehow got through the application process and he don't even know Jesus. So that's why he didn't put fries on him or put him put salt on him. So we get our fries and we're driving and, and we're, we're, we're miserable because they're not good. But me, knowing this happens, I brought uh, my container of salt with me. That's how smart I am. So I got my salt. I'm like, yes, I can just add my own salt. And you're sitting over here and you're like, hey, can I have some salt for mine? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. And I unscrew my top of my salt, and I'm like, yeah, I'll give you some. And I take a little pinch, and and then I kind of do this, and I I find one little granule, and I take the granule, I'm like, there you go. And I give you a little granule of salt. Now, did that help? No. That that, that actually made things worse. Now now your fries still taste the same, and you want to punch me in the throat. Now, two things are going on, okay? That's bad. So I've just made you mad. Because salt by itself isn't effective, is it? But salt, when it comes together, salt, when it's the church, that is when it is powerful. When the grains come together, it'll impact the community. It'll make a difference. And you know, by the way, what makes the church so different than any other, and I'm not, I lo- any organization that's serving others, I love it, love it, love it. But what separates the church is that we're doing it in the name of Jesus. See, and that's powerful. Because it isn't about us or anything about what we have. We have nothing to offer. But Christ in us has everything to offer. And when you serve in his name, oh, it's not just impacting him physically. You think when we're sitting with the veterans, we're just talking about, uh, they talk about how they serve. We ask what branch and how it impacted them and stories. But I'll guarantee the conversation, I'll ask them, you know, did you grow up with faith? Did you grow up going to church and just hear their story? It, it, it is serving in the name of Jesus, and I love that. You are to be salt. You are to preserve what is good. If you don't know the word of God, you're not gonna know what is good. You are, to, you are to enhance the lives of others, the lives of your children and your spouse and your friends and your family. Are you affecting them or are you infecting them? Salt. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Verse 514. You are the light of the world, Peter, Paul, Peter, John, James, and the rest of you. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Do you know the first words that God ever spoke that we know of in the word of God? 
You, you probably do. Some of you, I, you just dying to shout it out. It's Genesis 1-3. Let there be. Yep. It's the first thing, first thing God ever said that we know of in the word. Let there be light. And you know what he said after that? He said, the, the light happened, because when God speaks, it happens. And he says the light was good. And then it says that God separated the light from the darkness. Because you are to be different. You are called out ones. You are, you are part of the bride of Christ. You serve not in your name, but in his name. And then Jesus would say, no one lights that lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, the lamp is placed where? On a stand. Where it gives light to everyone in the house. I thought, I thought to myself when I read that this week, I thought, why does Jesus use the analogy of a lamp? Like, that's kind of boring. Jesus could have said, you are the light of the world, like the sun shining in the sky. You are the light of the world, like the stars that hang in the night. But you know why I think he used lamp? Well, number one, the sun produces its own light. The stars produce their own light. A lamp, it can't produce its own light. A lamp can only hold the light. A lamp can only reflect the light. A lamp, if it's not plugged into the source, oh, you know where we're going here. If you're not plugged in, there is no light. A lamp is a, ref we are to be a reflection of the light and the love of Jesus. This is what, Meadows Church, look up here. We have to be a church that blesses our community. We have to be. We have to multiply churches like Crossover and All Seasons and other churches down the road that, that bless their community. We want our mayor, our schools, our teachers, our, our business owners, our parents, our students, all to say, we don't just want Meadows Church in our community. We need Meadows Church in our community because we would be different without them. Something would be missing without them. They can't go anywhere. You can't, they can't leave because they're making such an impact in my kid's life at youth on Wednesdays and in kids' ministry on Sundays. They're making an impact in my marriage that was dead a year ago. But because of the church and the word of God and his power, there's hope. We have to be this church that is, that is more than just a Sunday service. So, so what are we doing right now? This is a good recap, especially if you're newer to the church. We're, five, we're almost six years old. We launched October 8, 2017. You've already heard that veterans are a, military slash veterans are a big deal to our church. Other things that we, we pour into, we'll put up on the screen. Schools, so you've got G. Stanley Hall Elementary in La Vista. We adopted that before we even launched our church. God led us to that school, and we said, well, by adopt, how can we love you? How can we serve you? How can we be a blessing to you? G. Stanley Hall, you can go back just for a second, and Westmont Elementary, uh, Westmont Elementary is close to us. We just adopted them last year, our second school. How can we bless you? How can we love you? How can we pray for you? We, love, we, we need to make an impact in our schools. Our biggest ministries are kids and youth ministry. Why? Because they're the future. That's why. So that's a big deal to us. Now, yeah, next, next one, please. 
Foster children and families are, have really become a big deal for our church. We're connected to uh, Priority Family Services. Uh, Sean and his team in Bellevue. And we want to learn more ways that we can bless these families and bless these kids. And uh, many of you know around school time when it starts or Christmas, we, we do things for their ministry and for what they're doing. And we want to we partner with that. So that's a big deal. Uh, next, recovery is a big deal. I, if you don't know, I was addicted to drugs for years and hid it from my wife and my family and lived a double life. Horrible story. I don't wish that testimony on anybody. And I'm telling you, we have a heart for recovery. But when you hear recovery at Meadows Church, I don't want you to think, oh, drug addict or alcoholic. I want you to think, hmm, someone who's jacked up. That's me. Someone with life issues. Someone who's got a past. Someone who's been in abuse or neglect. Someone who is codependent. That's what I want you thinking about when you hear recovery. So Celebrate Recovery is a 12-step ministry that has Jesus at the center. And we've ran it a few times already at the church, and we're going to run it again. Run it again. It's a year-long ministry that works the 12 steps of recovery. And it's going to start in the next probably six to eight weeks. So if anything I said, life issues, codependency, any kind of addiction, uh, porn, uh, drugs, alcohol, eating, whatever it is, if that's you and you're in bondage, there's a sign-up sheet out in the Welcome Center that says Celebrate Recovery. We'll connect with you and give you more information. But recovery is a big deal to us. This is how we want to be salt. We want to preserve the good. We want to enhance and make things better. We want to be light, reflect Jesus in our community, in our, with our military families, in our schools, in recovery, in foster care. How can we be light? We are to live differently. Say different. Yeah. We're to live counterculturally. We're to live, you could say, upside down. And here's what I know about upside down people. They turn the world upside down. That's what they do. They're different. They're not, they're, not so, they're not so religious that they can't interact with lost people. That would be worthless. They're just different. There's something about their, their, the way they enhance my life. I just want to be around them. The way they just are light around a dark place. Maybe it's your workplace or a friend circle. And they're just different. I want that. Notice this. When Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Here, he, he didn't say, here's what he didn't say. You're the light of the church. You're going to light up the church. He didn't say that. He said, you're the light of the world. It can't stay at the church. It can't stay here. I grew up going to church and I didn't even understand. It was just... It was a checkbox on a Sunday morning. I would go and I would leave and I would be the same jacked up person I was when I came. And now I don't blame the church. That was on me. But I don't want to be that church. And I know you don't want to be that church. That's why in two weeks we celebrate what we call Love Week. So from the 17th to the 24th, there are things that we're going to do as a church to, to exponentially, um, go above and beyondly, bless our community. So they're listed on the website. If you go to the meadows.church and click on Love Week, you'll see the, the, all the ideas are listed. Like, I'll, I'll give you a few of them right here. So on the 918, encourage your pastor day. I like that one. Uh, not nine or Tuesday, take your pastor to lunch day. I like that one too. Wednesday, pay your pastor's mortgage. I like that. Okay, this is good stuff. Well, okay, wait a minute, that, that was my list. Well, take that one down. The real list, because that one got shot down by the leaders, so pray for them. Uh, here's the real list. Monday is encouragement day. You're going to be an encouragement. 
The number one thing the Apostle Paul did in the New Testament, you know what it was? He encouraged others. Paul was smart. He was a scholar. But it wasn't his, it wasn't his smarts that separated him. It was his heart. He, the number one thing Paul did with the church planters, he encouraged them. Some, people are, some of you are dying for encouragement. Let me encourage you. Jesus Christ, you know what you're worth? You're worth the blood of Jesus. That should tell you something about who you are. Encouragement day, Tuesday, teacher blessing day. How can we bless a teacher? Maybe we give our children a card to give to them or, or we bless them with a coffee or a gift card, whatever it is. Wednesday, ah, military, first responder day. We see people out in their military uh, outfits, sometimes at lunch. You see it, man, offer to buy them lunch or thank them. Whatever it is that we can do to bless a first responder, the, our firefighters, our, our police officers, Thursday, a coworker blessing day. That could be challenging because coworkers can be difficult. You know that? I don't know. They can be, yeah. So, but that's a good one. We want to do that. Friday, the old drive-through blessing. You know, you're going through a drive-through and you pay for the person behind you. That's happened to me before, and I love it. And every time that they say, "Oh, that person bought your lunch," I'm like, "Shoot, I should have ordered the shake." You know. But anyway, so you learn. Um, Saturday, neighborhood blessing day. How can you bless a neighbor? Maybe it's, maybe it's raking a yard, mowing a lawn, making them cookies, bringing it to their house, whatever it is. Um, those are ideas. But understand something. This week in two weeks kicks off on not the 18th, on Monday, but on the 17th. And this is a day that we've never done. This is something we've never done before. This is taking it to the streets day. This is not just going to church day. This is being the church. So in two weeks, we're not gathering like we are right now. We're going to meet at three different places. You decide where you want to meet, and we're going to serve together. And it's not going to be taxing. I mean, you're going to pick weeds. You're going to wash, miss some windows, maybe do some raking. But we're going to bless those schools that we've adopted, G. Stanley Hall in La Vista, Westmont Elementary down the street, and the NCC campus, which is this, this facility, the grounds right here, we're, we're going to bless them. The weeds, you see the weeds in the roundabout? They're all over. We're going to pick them, and we're going to wash them outside windows. And, and you can come for an hour, or, or I would like you to come for two from 10 to noon. But we've never done this before, and we need to do more of this. And as a pastor, you're like, well, what, that might take momentum. I'm like, no, no, no. That should add momentum. That should bring, that should bring, we're, when I told the guy that takes care of the grounds here at this, this location, he was blown away. He works a full-time job. That's why he, there is weeds. That's why he can't keep up. He can't do it. So to hear that we were going to help, he was ecstatic. Now I'm going to say something. And, and I'm just going to speak from my heart. I'm nervous a little bit about this day, just humanly. Not from, just, just from a person point of view. This is, this is a lack of faith point of view. I'm just getting vulnerable. But, but I think to myself, what if we don't show up? Last week, we had 373 people join for church. What if like 60 show up because it's in a, oh, well, we're not gonna, there's no music and there's no message and I don't really wanna pick weeds, so let's just, this is kind of an off weekend. And I'm sitting in my, I'm laying in my bed and I'm like, and I'm praying, God, please. Like to me, this is the, one of the biggest weekends of our existence. And if the church doesn't show up, the first finger I'm pointing is me. I must not be casting hard enough vision. I must not be leading in a way that, so they understand that we're not supposed to gather, but eventually you gotta go out and be the church and not just be a holy huddle. So I'm, I, I'm just, I'm begging that we would show up 
To see, I'd love to see 400 people. You know, we got, uh, eight, I don't know math very well, 80 at this location, 80 at, 90 at this location, 90 at this location, 90 at this location. But you can pick, you go online, there's a, you can, a QR code, you can, you can write G. Stanley Hall or Westmont or NCC. You decide where you want to go. But I'm asking, I'm begging almost. I'm just, please, show up. Let's show off for the Lord and let's show off for our community and say, Church isn't about gathering, it's about scattering, because if it doesn't, then it really doesn't matter. So it's a big day. I'm asking that you would sign up at one of those three locations today. It's two weeks. We will not be in this room. We'll be out being the church. Simply belonging. Look up here for a second. Simply belonging doesn't get the job done. It doesn't. Sitting in the, coming to church and sitting in a seat for an hour that's not, that's not the goal of the local church. The goal of the local church is to come, but it's to use that hour that we learn together for fuel, to love and serve our community, to bless the people around us. That's what we're called to do, to bless people where we live, work, and play. It's about changing lives. It's hard to change lives if we never leave the room and take what we learn and take it to our, our neighbors and our family and our friends this is the church. This is what we're called to do. This is who we're called to be. Let your light shine. This is the biggest verse, I, in my opinion. It's all big. It's God's word. It's Jesus speaking. But for me in this message, this is the verse I need you to just own. And I need me to own it too. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works. That they may see your good works. And glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine. See, good works are huge. If you don't have them, you should, you should examine even your salvation. Because faith without works, Paul, or James would write, is dead. Good works don't save you, but I believe when you're saved, you'll do them. The, the, if, be, if there's no fruit, then we should examine if Christ even lives in us. The Bible says examine your faith. I just want to know that I know that I know. I'm not perfect either. I get lazy. I get complacent. But man, Jesus said that they may see. How, how's my light going to shine, Jesus, when you serve others? Gotcha. That's what he says. Do me a favor. Let's do something fun. Ava, will you grab my phone, please? Will you take out? I never give you permission to take out your phone. And this probably be the only time. But take out your phone for a second. Let's do something fun. You got your phone, Ava? I know you do. So... All right, take out your, everybody take out your phone. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to just, uh, like, click on the flashlight. Like, this is the light, right? So do this. Let's, yeah, darken the room just a little bit so we, for the effect, you know what I'm saying? So, well, we got more phones in the room than that. Come on, play ball with me, play ball with me. I'm waiting. Hey, if you don't know how to do it, just ask a teenager next to you. They'll help you, okay? I mean, they're, they're here for you. So get your phone out, get your light up. Get your light up. Get your phone out. Get your light up. Get your phone out. Get your light up. You got your light up? So, so, so look at the room. Just look around. You see the light. You see what light can do in darkness. Now, here's the thing. With our light up, I don't know. If, if, in my phone, if I swipe left, it goes to selfie mode. Try it. Now, if you got an Android, I can't help you, okay? I don't know. Just maybe pray. So, uh, but, but. Swi it, I don't know what yours does, but when I, when I swipe left with my flashlight on from, from like a, a home screen, it shuts my light off and it turns to selfie mode. 
You can bring the lights up a little bit. Isn't that interesting? Some of you are still trying to, I I get it, I'm with you. You'll get it. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? You swipe, the light goes out, and it turns to self. Hmm. Anytime we're bent towards self and in our laziness or our selfishness, which I'm bent towards both of those things, um, my light does not shine anymore. I, I can't produce anything for anybody else because it's all about me and what I get and what I can do and how I want to sleep in and I want to do this and I want to do that. And Jesus would say, I thought you gave that up. I thought when, when, when you surrendered, I came into you and I made you new. And it was no longer about you, but what I want to do through you. Power. I want to invite the team to come up. As they come up, I'm going to close for you. Because some people... Honestly, when you hear about Love Week, you might think, I don't have a desire. Like, and I appreciate the honesty. Dude, I don't have a desire to preach some weekends. I'm like, I don't want to go to church. Jody's like, you should probably go. You're preaching. I'm like, all right, I'll go. See, you know what I'm saying? I'm with you. There's weeks I'm like, I'm not in it. So where does the power come from? Where does this light power come from? Oh, check this out, by the way. When Jesus is speaking to the disciples and the crowd's leaning in on those, that Sermon on the Mount that we know of, you know what Jesus didn't say? He didn't say, someday, Peter, someday you're going to be salt. John, someday you're going to shine your light. Someday, when you're good enough, when you're strong enough, when you know enough, <clears throat> when you're religious enough, he didn't say that. No, what Jesus said is, you are salt. You are light. That's what Jesus said. I'm telling you, when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, when you call on his name and Holy Spirit comes into you, that power comes into you, it is then that you are salt. It is then that you are light. It is then that lives are changed and the world is something different than it is today. That's when we call on his name. We call on his power. It's it's as real as it was 2,000 years ago. And there are people here and you are dead and dying on the inside. And you need power. You need that Holy Spirit hope that only Christ can give you. A light can't give out what a light doesn't have. And that's impossible. That's why it's a lamp. If you aren't connected, may we connect to him. We need to turn outward, church. And I'm not saying we don't, but I'm saying it's always got to be our focus. It can never be about the the holy huddle. I'm excited that we got groups. We'll always have small groups. They're crucial. By the way, we have have 15 purpose groups that started on September 1st. Give God some praise. Those are our discipleship groups. They last a year and lives are transformed. We have life groups, more life groups launching right now than we've ever had. Those are open all the time. So if you need a life, if you need a small group, a life group is your next step. But here's the deal. Whether it's our discipleship groups, the purpose groups, or our life groups, whatever it is, or the gathering on Sunday morning, whatever it is, if it never leaves the circle, if it, you know, well, we can talk Huskers for a second. Don't get offended, but Huskers. If the Huskers are in the huddle, if they're in the huddle, and they never leave the huddle to go to the line, well, 
then I know there's no chance, right? There ain't no chance of winning. There ain't no chance of success. There's no chance of celebrating because they'll never call a play. We have to leave the huddle. We've got to be the church. This is so crucial because if we're not, if it just stays about the circle and the huddle, this isn't a church. This is a club. And I came to tell somebody this. Jesus Christ did not die on a cross for a club. He died on a cross for the local church, the hope of the world. You and me, baby, we're doing it. We're doing it. Oh, by the way, it's also interesting that when Jesus would die on the cross, maybe you don't know this detail of the story. So Jesus is crucified at, at, at nine in the morning. I should never assume anything. You may not even understand why. Your decay and my decay. Your mess and my mess. Your deception, my deception, my drug addiction, my bent towards that. Whatever you're bent towards, it could be lying, it could be, it could be your addiction. It could be hurting people, it could be your anger that you can't control. Whatever it is, here's what you know. You know you're messed up, and I know I'm messed up. And messed up people that have sin in them are separated from God. And that crushes the Father. Crushes him. So much so that he would send Christ, his only son, to be nailed to that cross at nine in the morning because someone has to die for, so someone can come to life. He's got to cover our sin. He's got to take it away. We can't do it. You'll never be good enough. Neither will I. So Jesus is crucified at nine in the morning. You know, he hung up there for three hours. And at noon, it would go dark in the middle of the day. You'd think they'd be like, okay, maybe he is the son. But they, they just kept going. It went dark in the middle of the day. It's like Jesus says, you know what? It's time. It's time that my light goes out. I'm going to transfer it to you. Because he looked at us and we're all dark and grim. You know that. And Jesus would hang there and say, here we go. Give it to them, Father. I'm giving it up. He would still last three more hours. Hung there six hours. For you and me? I don't understand. I'll never understand the grace of God, but I'll take it all day long. And he dies at three in the afternoon in a dark world. And people, hope was gone. They didn't realize that the light, they had that light hope of his light. That if they, that if they just believe in him, that he is the sinless, spotless son of God, the savior of the world. That he would die a ruthless, disgusting death on a cross for, for us to transfer his light to go dim so we could go bright. But it was hard to understand if you're there in the moment, man. It's a gruesome scene. It's a smelly scene. It's bad. But it wasn't over because in case you don't know, that wasn't the end of the story. Jesus was put in a tomb. And three days later, some women went to anoint a dead body because that's what you do with a dead body. But here's what they didn't expect. Nobody, when they showed up, expected nobody. But I'm here to tell you, when Mary and Mary, everybody's named Mary, when all the Marys showed up, they showed up at the tomb, there was no body. Why? Because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, had brought himself back to life. The light was back. It's for you and it's for me. That's what it was and that's what it is. 
We have the greatest miracle in the world that happened for us. Most won't ever receive it. Meadows, you're not most people. You call on his name today. Those of you that are dead in your sin and dead in your mess and you can't stand the way that you're living, you don't have to do that, do that anymore. Call on Jesus today. Ask him to, him to forgive you. Say, I want that light, God. I need your light. Set me free and he'll do it. Ask him to forgive your sins and make you new. That isn't the end point. That is the starting point. And he will do it. And you have a church body that will love you and walk with you through the ups and the downs. And there will be both, I promise you. But, you, but that's the only way you're going to have salt power. It's the only way you're going to have light power. You, remember, you can text Jesus to that number, 402. Oh my gosh, the pressure's on. 628, thank you, 7166. Text Jesus to that number. Or, or fill out the connect card. Those of you watching online, text the number. Salt. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. If we stay salty in here and we never go out there to preserve what is good, enhance what is, make things better, we make things worse. This is why churches, this is why a lot of churches maybe don't have a great name and because they're not, we don't practice what we preach. And I'm guilty. I'm the, probably the biggest hypocrite in the room. I'll just say it. But I'm here to tell you, I, I do love Jesus and I desperately want to see us live for him and live our purpose. But so, if salt accumulates and never leaves, it becomes de the Dead Sea, the basin of the Jordan River. It's the lowest point in the world. You know, the salt accumulates there and there's no outlet. So, so thousands of gallons daily rushing in there. Well, how, how come it doesn't just get big and overflow? Because it, the salt makes it evaporate. The heat makes it evaporate. But you know what lives in the Dead Sea? Nothing. Salt. Salt, just by it's us together. I like it for an hour or so because we gather and we huddle up and we take God's word and we go forth to be the church. That's what he's calling us to be. But you can't be something if you don't have him in you. Call on his name. And once you've done that, listen to me. Who's going to sign up for Celebrate Recovery? Who's going to sign up for a life group? Who's going to sign up for Love Week? Be the church. Bring those garden gloves that you got in your garage and let's go to town in the name of Jesus. Bless some schools and bless the people that let us rent here. And let's watch what God does in it. I said it to start out and I'll say it to close. There is a God in heaven who is deeply in love with you. Regardless of where you've been, regardless of what you've done, regardless of who you were with last night, he loves you. Embrace him today. We're going to worship with a song, and then we're going to worship in prayer. And I hope when the prayer team comes up here in a little bit, I pray that you will pray with them. Don't leave here without prayer, because you need it, and so do I. Heavenly Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, I thank you for your word and your truth. From the seats to the streets, we celebrate God every weekend attendance, because numbers matter, because the numbers are people. Because every number has a name and every name has a story and every story matters to you, Father. So we will never stop celebrating you adding, number, adding numbers daily. You talked about it in Acts. We talk about it now. We celebrate numbers, decisions for Christ. They matter because people matter. 
But here's what I know, Father. If the numbers only gather and they never scatter, it will never matter. We will never make an impact beyond these walls. And what a shame. It's crazy because that's what we're bent towards. The church in Jerusalem, you had to cause persecution. You had to allow it to even get them to do it. And they knew you personally. So we know this isn't going to be easy, God, but we didn't, st- we didn't sign up for easy. We signed up for life change. God, have your way, Holy Spirit, move in the lives of the people here today. Minister to them in a way that only you can. Give us the, the outwardness and the, the, the selflessness to sign up in these areas to be the church, to reach out to somebody maybe sitting next to us who's maybe in tears and needs prayer to love people that maybe meet somebody we've never met and listen to them and their story and pray over them. May we be a church that ministers to each other to the deeps and the de- or the depths of our heart. And God, we give you glory for it all. Jesus, we are in huge trouble without you. In fact, we're dead without you. But because of the sacrifice, because of the miracle of the cross and the resurrection and the fact that the tomb is empty, there is hope Today, we cling to that hope and we thank you, thank you, thank you. In you, in you, Christ, the best is yet to come. May we embrace the salt, may we embrace the light, and may we never be the same again. In Jesus' name I pray and the church says, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. Like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, Share this message with a friend or somebody that you know. So many people out there need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring that to them. Finally, if you're in the Omaha area, we would love to have you join us. We would love to meet you. God bless you.